Hello, this is Alan Shipnuck coming at you with another podcast for The Knockdown. I want to start by thanking all of you for listening and and wasting some of your day with me. It's greatly appreciated. The support in general for for the new site has has been terrific, and I'm honored and humbled by by your allegiance. Or again, maybe it's just boredom. Nevertheless, here we are again. I'm thrilled to have Danny Willett, the reigning Masters champion, uh, alongside me here in a kind of a broom closet in the corner of the press room at the Dubai Desert Classic. But, um, you know, the thing about Danny Willett, for yes, he has a very reputable golf swing and a beautiful putting stroke, but I think the defining thing about him as a player and as a competitor is that he, where he's from. You know, this Yorkshire Terrier grew up in a part of England that's quite remote and sort of the northern tip. It's kind of cut off from the rest of the country by, by geography and topography. And and Yorkshire's kind of developed its own culture, its own dialect, and, and certainly its own uh, character. And so, Danny, thanks for being here and indulging me in my questions. I guess the first one is, what does it mean to be a Yorkshire man? Uh, it's, it's obviously a, it's a beautiful part of England. Um, we're always known up north for, for Yorkshire grit and you know digging your heels in when you when you think you're right and and working hard. And um, I'm pretty sure I tick tick most of them boxes. Have you seen that Monty Python skit, the four Yorkshiremen? There's a few Monty Pythons I've not seen. I can't remember that exact one. They were a while ago. That was when I used to live with my mum and dad that they used to have it on all the time. They go on and on trying to one-up each other about how hard their upbringing <laughs> was. It's quite funny. But do you think that, that the way that you grow up outside of golf can transfer to your style of play and your competitive spirit? Definitely. Um, I've got three brothers. There was four boys. Um, so I think the competitive nature of, of all of us, really, me being the, I was the third one, wanting to beat my older brothers at whatever sport, whatever we were doing, um, I think it rings true, you know, you you could never stop until you'd beat them at something. So whatever that was, you know, you're always trying to trying to get one up on them um, somehow. So, yeah, I think it does kind of leak into, leak into you know, my golf game now. I, I, I definitely think it probably does. What is the saying? It's where God vacations about about Yorkshire. It's God's country. It is God's country. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, again, it's a beautiful place in the world. It's always a few degrees colder than down south, and um, yeah, I think if anyone ever got the chance to go, it's it's a beautiful place. I mean, it's it's quite isolated up there in the northern end of, of England. A lot of a lot of countryside. I mean, it seems like it's almost a a, a particular country within a country in some ways. Um, in some parts of Yorkshire, I'm obviously I'm only 15 minutes from the centre of Sheffield, which is probably seventh, is it about seventh biggest city in England. So it's you know, and we're not too far out, but we're far enough out that when you lock the door and you take the dog for a walk and stuff, you are, you know, you are in the countryside as uh, as an effect. And it's I think it's nice, you know, when you're travelling around the world and you're always in busy airports, busy hotels, busy places to be able to get back and and when you get home, just you know, lock the door. Actually. You can hear yourself think you've not got traffic everywhere and outside noise. You know you've actually you can you, you can lock the door and you can hear the fire crackling and um, yeah, and it's a nice relaxing place to be. Now, from talking to other English players and and I know there's there's a particular dialect in Yorkshire, so I have a few uh, a few phrases I want to run by you and get, get the translation. So, what does um, "popped his clogs" mean? 
Means he died. <laughs> the old man popped his clogs. Means he died. You hear that at the golf clubs a lot. <laughs> Not sure where some to go the, with that. Some of the old, some of the old members <laughs> popped his clogs. How about um, what is it, Marty Bum? Marty Bum's just yeah, that's just you bit grumpy. You're not in the best mood. Yeah, Mardi Bum. That got famous from uh, Arctic Monkeys, right. from Sheffield. I would have said from the song Mardi Bum. Yeah, right. I mean, they're one of my favorite bands. So are you, have you caught them live before? I haven't, actually. They've got a bar in Sheffield, um, which is a pretty cool place. So, uh, But I haven't, no, I haven't seen them live yet. How, how do you use properly in a sentence, I up? I up, I up. I up. I up. Just hello. Another word for hello. Another word, okay. I up, pal. How are you? Would be... Hello, how are you? <laughs> Do you have, what am I missing? What's your favorite Yorkshireism? No, you've got a few good ones there. It's, yeah, A up you use a lot. We don't really, we, we don't really say and very much or the, we kind of seem to miss them out in sentences if it's a long-winded sentence. <laughs> so they can always, they can often jabber together and make a, make a pretty long-winded sentence. It makes me laugh thinking about you at Jacksonville State with, with your accent and those Southerners. Me in Alabama was interesting. Um, yeah, I end up talking a lot slower. Um, I have to repeat myself a lot more. Getting asked to repeat myself a lot more so that people could listen. And yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting when you go to America for the first time. And especially, like I said, in Alabama where they, you know, it's not necessarily touristy, so they don't see a lot of foreigners. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was good fun. <laughs> but American birds like the accent, right? I think Americans in general always laugh at a lot of the things that English people say. Yeah. Like you say, you've got the Yorkshire side, which is very different to the Southerners. So, you know, I think regardless of where you go in America or regardless of where you're from in England, people always ask you to repeat certain things. Your comfort level at, at Augusta, do you think um, that has anything to do with the fact that you, you kind of know Southern culture and, and maybe other English players who haven't spent a lot of time in that part of the U.S. might be a little uh, out of sorts? Yeah, I think obviously Georgia just over the border. We used to play a lot of golf in Georgia. Um, and I definitely think it helps with, like you say, with the culture. You know, you get up in the morning and the guys are looking at breakfast wondering what it is and you have, you've got your biscuits and your grits and, you know, guys wouldn't, wouldn't ordinarily know what that is. But, you know, we had it for a couple of years in college and you kind of get used to, you know, get used to a lot of the things that they do. And um, I definitely think it helps, like you say, to feel a bit more comfortable. I mean, in the U.S., there's this, this north-south divide, and it seems like it exists in, in England as well. So what, what do you think of, you know, southern England, Englanders? They're all right. Um, a little bit posher than we are, I'd say. Um, just like you say, it's, it's, when, the further south you go, there's a lot more areas, obviously, around London, a lot more built-up, different lifestyles, different people that come from them lifestyles. It's very similar to, say, if you, if you compare Alabama to... New York or somewhere like that or up north you know it's you've got big busy places and then the upside of it you know down down south in America and up north in England you know you've got a bit more countryside a bit quieter people living a little bit slower um, you know it's not always go 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 like it is either up in New York or down in London back in back in England. So among tour players who's kind of the the archetypical southerner is it Luke Donald he's pretty no, posh. Ollie Fish. Ollie Fisher is uh Luke, Luke's very, very posh, well-to-do. The accent, I think if you get Fish's accent, is, is Essex, is very strong southern accent. Um, and then you, you compare it to me and a couple of lads who are up north, and you've got a good difference there. <laughs> and is there, do you take the mickey out of each other? Is that, is that a whole thing? I think you used to. When, you know, when we were all kids, um, you know, and you've got up playing golf with the guys in the England squads and stuff, and you meet for the first time, and then after a few years, it kind of, 
you, you take, you, yeah, you take the mick a little bit, but only on certain things. So someone told me I have to get you to weigh in on, on a great debate that comes out of Yorkshire between bread cake, bread rolls, and tea cake. Can, can you enlighten me about this whole thing? They mean, diff very, they mean very different things depending on where you are. You've, got, you've also got, you go even further near me, you've got bread rolls, you've got cobs, you've got bread cakes, you've got buns, you've got all sorts. <laughs> Basically, it's just, a, it's just a bread bap, what you put a burger in. But it's called all different kinds of things depending on the, the slightly different regions. Not even that far away from each other. But it's basically the same thing with a different name? Yeah, exactly the same thing. It's like the tea cakes are different. Um, well, again, from where I am, tea cakes are different. Tea cakes have got sultanas in and stuff and you cut them in half and put them in the toaster. But, yeah, there's, it's, yeah it's interesting. You know, again, all that stuff's within probably 40 miles of each other. They're called a lot of different things. That's great. So my kids and I, one of our favorite things to watch is Wallace and Gromit. And the Christmas specials Yeah, the best. I mean, Wallace, he's, he's a Yorkshire guy, right? He is. And, and what's the cheese he's always obsessing over? Um, Wednesdaydale. Yeah, exactly. Wednesdaydale's a good cheese if you've never had it. Good cheese. <laughs> you ever seen the one where the, the moon is made of cheese? Yeah, and, and yeah. he tries to get to it. Yeah, it's a classic. Honestly, the, the, again, very Christmas time watching is that, definitely. Yeah, that's great. Oh, of course, the beer, right? Isn't Yorkshire beer well-known? Like, what is, what is your Yorkshire, favorite? Yorkshire, it's, it's yeah. ales up north. It's... Yeah, it's not beers, it's ales, which are... My, my apologies. No, it's, it's all right. I don't like them very much, to be honest. But, they're, yeah, they're just, they're, there's a lot of little microbreweries up north. Yeah. Um, you know, and you get a lot of really different flavours um, and guys experimenting, making, you know, little different ones with little different hints and touches in. You go to a lot of local pubs in Yorkshire and you can get a lot of local ales and it's, you know, it's quite a big... They often have, like ale festivals and stuff where you go and you try the different things, not usual, not usual lagers and beers. And you, you don't have a favourite to recommend? Mm, no, I don't, again, I don't drink them loads, so I wouldn't be able to tell you one that I've actually had that I think you should go for. Yeah. Stick to red wine. Okay. <laughs> That's solid advice. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll take that. Go. Just take red wine. <laughs> so you, you live in Rotherham. How's my pronunciation? Nah, well, we've just moved out of Rotherham, yeah. We're kind of more, more out in the countryside a little bit now, just outside of Sheffield. You win the Masters, it's time to buy a big house kind of thing, or this been planned for a while? No, we were actually, we were in the middle of renovating it. It was just nice that the Masters came along and helped pay for the finishing touches. <laughs> so what is the nearest town to you? Um, Sheffield's not, Sheffield's 15 minutes. Rotherham's 10, 15 minutes. Workshop's 10 minutes. We're, you know, we're, we're in a nice little place where we're out in the country, but we're close enough to some of the main, the main cities. Workshop, that's Lee Westwood's hometown, right? Yeah, we're not far, we're five minutes from, from Lee's mom. So do you, do you have a regular game with any, any tour players up there? No, there's not loads. Obviously, Lee doesn't live around there anymore. Um, Mark Foster lives just around the corner. Um, but yeah, there's, not, there's, a, there's a few young lads that might be on tour eventually that, that are from around there, but there's no one actually on tour that, that lives too close, which is quite nice at times. <laughs> I'm sure. We see him enough on tour. <laughs> yeah. I feel the same way about the writers. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to see those guys <laughs> either. So did you ever parade around town in your green jacket or would that be looked down upon by the, the Yorkshire you won't last very long if you walk around works up in a green jacket <laughs> it would uh, no no it doesn't it doesn't leave the house too often ever it does to, for do's and stuff and when people ask to you know to go to eight places or you've got to go to golf tournaments and take it with you but yeah I'm not a massive fan of uh, I, don't, I don't want it to get ruined 
Like if you have to, so you, I'm sure you've had to have it dry cleaned. Are you afraid to give it no, up? No, I haven't had it dry cleaned yet. Not yet? No, I've, I've been very careful with it. Nothing's been spilt on it. Nothing's happened in it. <laughs> I don't, I don't have that dry cleaned. You imagine pitching up, giving your jacket to Chairman Payne to hang in the locker and it's, and it's turned a, a strange yellowy, greeny colour or whatever else, or it's shrunk. I don't think that would go down very well. That would actually be fantastic. No, I would wouldn't. love to see that. It wouldn't. <laughs> you, you mentioned you know, walking the dog. I know that, that Spike is something of a, of a celebrity pug. Nah. I mean, the guy's all, he's all over Twitter. He has to be. Everyone loves a pug. <laughs> Again, yeah, it's just, it's, you know, it's getting back to you know, normal, normal living. Um, when we get home, obviously, Nick, Nick travels a good bit, but when she doesn't travel, it's getting back home and yeah, being able to mess around in the back garden with the dog. Zach's obviously too young to be, to really get interacting now, but him and him and Spike are enjoying each other's company. And when he gets bigger, he's able to run around with them both. And yeah, you know that for me is that's 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 life. That's being at home and just really enjoying you know your surroundings. You seem to enjoy kind of the simple pleasures. What what's your perfect day if you could if you could draw it up? Ooh, get up nice and early in the morning. While them lot are still sleeping, nice and cold outside, a little bit of frost on the floor. Let's bike out, make a coffee, go smash a little quick gym session so that I can I feel like I'm allowed to be a bit naughty through the day and maybe have that odd little bit of cake or a glass of red and then just 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 relax really with the family. Um, you know, go having a little wander around, go walking, set a fire up. You know, just like I say, get a good film on, maybe watch Wallace and Gromit. Um, you know, have a nice meal at night time when little man's asleep with a glass of red and just, like I say, it's just the things that, you know, the, the, the home comforts that you don't get all the time when, you, you know, when you're on tour. Unless I missed it, you didn't say anything about golf in there. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if anyone ever says that what their perfect day consists of when they say golf, they don't play golf for a living. <laughs> you, you want to go out and play nine holes and birdie all nine holes? I mean, some kind of walk-off? I'd much rather do that at a golf tournament than do it at home. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You, you mentioned Nick. How did you guys meet? I don't know that story. Uh, we met through friends. Nick was an estate agent. Um, and when I was planning on moving out away from mom and dad, I was a couple of the pals at the golf club Nick knew purely by chance and put us in touch. And I asked her about getting a house. And I think she didn't think I was being serious at the time and that was two years before we met up again and then yeah we, we kind of went our separate ways for a couple of years I ended up buying a house in Rotherham but not through Nick um, Ooh, that must be a sore subject no it's alright she's alright now about it um, yeah and then we met up again just randomly on a night out again because our friends know each, know each other and stuff and then yeah that was five and a half years ago now does that night out involve some red wine Danny? In fairness, back then I wasn't I wasn't quite the red wine drinker. That would have probably that would have probably been some form of disgusting shot mixed with cheap beer, probably. <laughs> well, it worked. It worked for you. It did work. Yeah. It did work. <laughs> so you become a much more sophisticated drinker. It sounds like. No, you just realise that when you start when you wake up with the hangovers that you wake up with when you're 18, 19, 20 years old that them hangovers start to last three, four, five days when you get older, so you can't do them anymore. I mean, do you ever t cut loose when you're out on tour? Is that, it's just purely a business trip? Um, no, every now and again. Um, again, you try to keep it as professional as possible. Sometimes, you know, uh, a little cheeky glass of red at night time, just what you need to try and get over some jet lag was never a bad thing. Um, but yeah, try to, keep it, try to keep it reasonably professional. I mean, it seems like uh, you're kind of tribal, you're very close to your, your family, and um, 
that inner circle is very tight around you. So tell me about your relationship with, with your brothers. And we have to, of course, address PJ, who's <laughs> the most well-known British golf writer. Yeah. Um, um, no, the relationship's good. We've all been brought up really close family. Um, Dad was a vicar, mum was a maths teacher. My older brother was a fireman, pizza, pizza teacher, and little man's at university now. So, you know, we've, we've been very close for a lot of years. Obviously, we've all gone our separate ways now in terms of we don't obviously live under mum and dad's roof. So, um, but yeah, we were, we were really close and played all sorts together. Used to go on family holidays together. And, you know, it was, it was, yeah, it was a lovely, it was a lovely house to, to be raised in. Um, you know, and it's a shame. You know, we see, we see, we still see him a good bit. No one's moved too far away, so it's nice that we still get to see him a good bit. And obviously, we're travelling a lot, but um, when we have the when we have those get-togethers, and there's I don't know how many there is now. We've my brothers have both got two kids each. My younger brother hasn't got any, and then we've got little man, and you know, mom and dad there. So there's there's a good few when we have Christmas at times. Geographically, where are your brothers compared to you? Uh, well, ten minutes away, an hour away, and twenty minutes away. So. Not too bad at all. That's all pretty fantastic. close. So when when you get back from the Ryder Cup and the first time you see PJ, do you like box him on the ears and I mean, what what happens there? No. Set the scene for me. No, I mean we were yeah we had a meal with everyone again. We had a big a big gathering where we all meet up and, and see each other again. And no, you do what you do to any brother. You give them a hug, ask them how they are. You know it was it's gone. It's there's no reason to talk about it after that. Really, it's it, you know whatever happened happened and yeah we moved on moved on pretty quickly. Have you established any like ground rules for his writings going forward? Are you his, his <laughs> overbearing editor like the one that I have? No. Um, again, it's not me writing. It's if he wants to write, he can write. Um, and that, that is what it is. You know, you read them and you see what they're like and stuff. And, um, you know, he's a good writer. Um, so it's, you know, I think, I think if he can do something that he loves, I get to play golf because I love doing it. So if he, if he enjoys writing and, and then he wants to write, then... That's, that's his choice. That's great. So I have to ask you a couple Masters questions before I let you go. Have you gotten a, a tattoo with, with the Augusta logo? <laughs> no, because I probably have to get it verified through, uh, through Chandler <laughs> Payne before I had it put on to make, to make sure it was the right logo. No, no, we've not. We've, we've, you know, we've got some great memorabilia from the week. Um, you know, the ball I hold out with, the putter I used, the glove I was wearing, the, the yardage book cover, the flag. Um, I've got my four stubs from the bottom of the scorecards that I keep you know so I've got a real nice I've got a real nice selection of a lot of the things that go with it so um, always good they're hung up now and in, and in the trophy cabinets it's always nice to when you've got a spare few minutes just to go and have a little look and just to, to relive some of the memories. Have you been back to the club since since you won the Green Jacket? I haven't no no we're gonna go we go back we head back over to America for the Honda um, and then we're gonna go spend a couple of days there before the tournament starts so and um, that'll be the first time back um, obviously, you know, nearly, nearly, nearly 12 months later on. How many people have tried to invite themselves on that trip? Uh, there's a few coming this year to watch me defend. Um, my mum and dad weren't there last year, so they're going to they're gonna come this year again. And yeah, i got a few family members coming and a few friends coming again. A few of the ones that came last year. So yeah, it's going to be a great week to go back there as defending. I mean, it's obviously an action-packed 2016 for you. You're a guy who you know, prides himself on working hard and, and, and chasing you know, that, that elusive perfection that no one's ever quite gotten there. How do you not wear yourself out trying to you know, take that next step? I think you do, and I think that's what I did the back end of last season, um, definitely. Um, 
I got to ride a cup and I was pretty tired. Um, and then, you know, the final series that we, you know, then tried to squeeze a few more events in and then the final series that we play in Europe, um, yeah, I was, I, was, I was pretty burnt out. So um, I think you can, you can wear yourself down, you know, when you're at home. You know, there's a fine balance between taking time off properly and, and, and practising. And um, I think when you're so close to achieving something that you want to achieve, for me, was winning the race to Dubai and stuff. I think you push and push and push. And sometimes I think you just push yourself over the edge a little bit too far. And then it takes a while to, you know, to climb back up and, and to start again. So, um, but I feel like we, we're back somewhere where, um, you know, where we're comfortable again. That's a big part of your self-identity is, is that work ethic, right? So... Um, how do you how do you go against your natural instincts and force yourself to take that that downtime and just step away from the game? I think because you see you see the results what happens after you've had the downtime and after you've had proper downtime you see the results mainly go up. So I think you've got to just look at it in a purely unbiased statistical way and say I play my best golf after I've done this this and this. You know it often it often is after a break. You know and actually a few days properly off and then a few days really ramping up the practice and then. When you can get to a golf tournament, actually, not smashing loads of balls, you know, you put a, put a lot, you chip a lot, and you go play the golf course and work out what you're going to do to get around that golf course. A, if you're not hitting it well, and B, if you're hitting it great, how you're going to score as good as possible. And I think that's the that's the, that, that's kind of where we're trying to get back to, in that you don't turn up to a golf event trying to trying to get your golf game perfect because you know it's not a perfect game. You get uneven lies, you get crosswinds, you get this things just don't go your way. So. Um, I think if you play too much golf, you could just you just wind yourself up in a little ball, trying to trying to play this perfect this trying to play a perfect game in in an imperfect world, I guess. Okay, so before I let you go, give me the scoop. What are you serving for the Masters' dinner? I know there's going to be some Yorkshire pudding, right? There, there will be Yorkshire pudding in there. We'll see how the few of the guys take to it. Um, <laughs> there's still a few things that I'm I'm still to verify and and do, but. Um, no, I think it'll be. I think I hope it'll be one that guys will enjoy, and you know we're not going to go too crazy in there. Is every restaurant in uh, in your area trying to get the the job to, to produce the pudding? No, I think no, no, no. It's I think that's that's all the chefs over in the over in Augusta that'll get that sorted. I think I might have to go in and see if they know properly how to do it. Just give them a few little little inside tips on how to make perfect Yorkshire puddings. <laughs> that's great. All right, Danny, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Okay, well, this has been a very fun, highly specific chat. Signing off from Dubai, this is Alan Shipanuk, and I hope you'll join me again for future podcasts on The Knockdown. Mm-hmm.